0: Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio.
1: This is Hush Money, the show that tackles the most taboo money topics you're currently thinking about.
0: I'm Nicole Lapin, financial expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch.
1: And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine.
0: And we believe that just because we're socially distancing doesn't mean we need to be financially distancing.
1: Everyone has concerns about money these days, but the biggest problem is not talking about it. So that's why we're back for a special season to face these issues and talk about solutions.
0: Because there are solutions. So let's not stress and get through this together. Hey, Nicole. Oh, hello, Jason. So anything new in quarantine life? Um, well, I started investigating the dating world of quarantine life, which is Ooh. Fascinating, by the way. Yeah, what is it? So people are having socially distanced dates. And I was sitting on a flat rock by my house in Brooklyn and watching the skyline and pondering life. And I got asked on a date for the guy to find a rock (laughs) six feet away from me so we could have a date there.
1: (laughs) Yep. Wait, wait stop, halt. So you're sitting on a rock and a guy comes six feet up to you and says, let's find two
0: rocks, two rocks. And I had a girlfriend who went on a video date and the guy venmoed her for the wine <laughs> that she drank. So he bought
1: her a drink. That's amazing. Yeah. Is that a thing that's happening? It's happening. Just dating in the time of quarantine. That's the most interesting dating thing I've heard in months. I mean, what that's showing is that people are trying to find some kind of new normal, but they aren't exactly sure if the things that were happening in a pre-coronavirus world are like appropriate now. And that's both personal and it's also professional. And that is exactly the kind of question that we got today. Hey, I'm Tom. I started a psychoeducational side hustle not long ago, but I wasn't really sure how to promote it. And now I feel especially weird promoting it during this crisis because positive psychology acceptance and solution focus isn't necessarily something that people are able or willing to do during this time. So my question is, is it possible and even appropriate to promote yourself during this time? Tom, I totally love that question. I also totally have no idea what psychoeducational means. Uh, Nicole, I feel like you and I are kind of psychoeducational.
0: I kind of feel like you and I are psycho, period.
1: Yeah, maybe educational. And
0: sometimes we do educational things.
1: <laughs> the thing that I really love about Tom's question is he's articulating something that so many people... Are concerned about, which is that they have something of value. They have some product or service or something. They understood how to communicate that in the normal world. And now they're afraid that going out and saying, hey, I have this thing. It's a value is somehow inappropriate. That like people don't want to hear about anything that isn't pandemic related. You don't want to look like you're trying to take advantage of a situation. And I want to turn that around on Tom and I want to say, you can be providing a tremendous value to people. People need things right now. They are in great need of things. And it's very likely that the greatest thing that you can do for someone is step up and provide them something that's going to be valuable. I think we need to talk about it differently and the approach needs to be different, but don't be afraid to go out and show that you have value because people need it and they need it now. I think we're now in this adjustment
0: period where not everything is pandemic related and people do want an escape. I mean, a lot of businesses, of course, have pivoted in very unexpected ways to be of service, as you mentioned, to
1: people right now. And if you're not talking about it, no one else is. Yeah. And you don't have to be offering something that I think is thought of as particularly relevant to the moment. Or altruistic. It doesn't need to be like free or charitable. No, you know what you could do right now if this is the business you're in? You can sell travel for real. I was just emailing with this travel agent for a company called Dream Vacations, which is a franchise that he owns. And he just sold 28 people on a cruise. How is that possible? I know, here's how it's possible. The guy had in pre-coronavirus times a travel club with like 500 members and they would get together and they would talk about places they wanted to go and review destinations and whatever. And when everyone was in lockdown, he was afraid originally that nobody would want to continue doing this. Like who is talking about travel? Who wants to travel now? Who wants to think about that? Scary, scary, scary but he started hearing from his members and they were like we love travel we would like to keep talking about this at least and so he thought you know what why don't i offer something that's really far in the future that People can just get excited about and plan for. And so he picked a cruise in November of 2021. It's like a small cruise. And he said, I'm going to be on this cruise. We should all go on this cruise. And he sold 28 people on that cruise. Now, you might hear that and say, oh, is it appropriate to be selling travel? And the answer is yes, it's totally appropriate to be able to sell travel. You just have to talk about it in a way that's relevant to people right now. You don't want to like talk to people like this isn't happening. Talk to them like it is happening. They want things. They want to be excited about things. You can be there for them. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about that cruise that I'm not going to go on, but I'm excited for those people. I
0: kind of want to go on the cruise now in the way you sold it. See, Tom, if a dude can sell a cruise right now, you can totally sell positive psychology.
1: So underneath Tom's question, and I think a lot of people who are worried about this, is a kind of general discomfort with promoting with being self-promotional, with pushing a thing that you have onto others because that's how you feel about it. You're like, I'm pushing something onto people. That's not how you have to think about it. You have to think about it in a different way. And so how did you, someone who puts themselves out there into the world, how did you come to be comfortable saying, I have a great book, buy my book. Like that's that's not a natural thing for most people. How did you get there? It actually
0: took me a while. I was on this show I hosted called Hatched, which was like a shark tank for kids on Saturday and Sunday morning, educational informational television for the CW and CBS. And I started talking to a lot of young entrepreneurs and told them to sell their consumer products. They were all consumer products. They were tested in retail. And so I think it was then it occurred to me that what I was selling was myself and that I never until then really looked at myself as the consumer product. So I was like, where's your drip campaign? What's your customer acquisition model? Or what's your customer relationship management? Whatever. Like all of those things that I never had for myself. I was like, tell me about your newsletter. I was like, dang, I go on a lot of shows. I do a lot of speeches. Like I don't collect emails. What have I been doing with my life? And I think it was at that point that I needed to dissociate myself from my business in some sense. And it's like, actually, in my real life, I am a super introvert. My entire team knows that it took me a pandemic to do social media videos more than I've ever, ever done. And I don't personally, Nicole as your friend. I don't like it, truly. But (laughs) I have had to get down with it because I need to pay my rent. And that is the world I'm in. And so I think it's important if you have a product that is you or you're selling your services or you're an author or an influencer or whatever. If you don't want to be out there talking about it as you are your business card and you're your product, then
1: get another product. For everybody who is an introvert, which I am not, but if you are like that, then you too can kind of produce this almost character version of yourself, right? It's like there's the real introvert you that wants to sit at home quietly and drink wine. And then there is the character version of you that can go out into the world and present. And and actually thinking about myself as a character has been a really useful thing for me to do because I think part of the challenge when you go and put yourself out into the world, it feels like you're exposing something. It's like I you throw yourself out into the cold and like it just anybody can like hit you from any angle. And if you think of yourself as something that is kind of behind the curtain, but in front of the curtain is this Very simplified version of you that you know exactly what it stands for and how it talks. And how it relates to people and what it has to offer to people, then you know exactly what to do with that character. You like always know what that character says. You always know how people are going to respond to that character. It becomes very simple, actually, and that's what I've started to do on my social media as well. Like, I, it's not me on social media; it's like a character version of me on social media. That's like very simplified, and that's all anybody wants. Any but nobody wants all of you. Like all of you is too complex and nonsense. Like what they want is the part of you that can provide value to. Them them. It doesn't have to just be that you are the product, right? Like you could be the the founder of a company and you're going out and you're selling that product. But, you know, people also connect with you. And so once you're comfortable with that, you have to know how does this character talk to the right person at the right moment? And so in the case of being in a pandemic, I think that you have to think, well, what do I as the character and my product have to offer people right now? And how can I talk to them about that? And how can I build systems around that? So right, like a drip campaign is a series of emails that you set up that are, you know, hitting people every week or every other week or whatever once they engage in your system. So if you're going to do that, that language needs to be very, very appropriate to the moment. You should totally be collecting people's email addresses. Nicole, you like, said that you weren't doing that. I wasn't doing that either. Now I've started. That's so important. That is your direct line of communication with your customers. Don't rely on anything else. If you're collecting people on Instagram, like Instagram owns that. And the algorithm will make sure that you don't reach all those people all the time, but email, you can reach them. So collect those email addresses and then communicate with them. And then here's one more piece of lingo. Um, and then I'll shut up is, um, AB test. So if you're going to reach out to people, let's say that you were in a situation like a pandemic and you're trying to figure out exactly how you can talk about your product or service and how it can be relevant to the people that you're reaching out to right now and you don't really know the answer to that, that's what A-B testing is for. So come up with a couple different messages, send them to different people, see how they respond and then adjust along the way. That's a totally reasonable thing that everybody should be doing at every time, but right now, especially so because it's hard to find the message, but the message is there. You have to be understanding and connect with people and know why you're relevant to people right now. And then test, 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 repeat. Prince and repeat. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away?
0: Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that.
1: No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer.
0: Oh, well, in that case,
1: LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after.
0: I can't tell you how many meetings we took in BC times with social media agencies where the number one question I would say is like, how can I create a strategy where I don't have to be on camera? Because I actually interviewed the CEO of Rebecca Taylor. And she said that Rebecca came to her and said, Listen, I don't want to be on a picnic blanket with my family and like this phony baloney stuff. Like, I actually don't want to be the face of this brand. Can you build a brand without me as the face, but have my name as it? And she said, Yes. And she's built a killer brand. And so I had tried all sorts of workarounds. I was like, Okay, but how can we grow without me doing? lives. How can we grow without me being on social media all the time? But I also realized that I'm kind of like in this right now and I kind of can't just switch gears right now. And so I really don't use any of that social media stuff personally. And I've gotten super clear with myself that it is work. And if you are selling any product now, during a pandemic, before, it can feel awkward. It can feel uncomfortable. I'm totally acknowledging that. I am you, I get you, but
1: get over it. Not just get over it, do it, and then look at what happens. That was such a difference maker for me. You know, my line of work is sharing information. And when I started in earnest creating these social channels, It was so awkward, right? Like my social channel is this rah-rah, I am here to pump you up kind of thing. And that was so weird and awkward to do at first, but I did it because I I had this sense that the audience would respond well to it. Like it served a purpose to the audience. I started getting this line. Nicole, I bet you get this line a lot as well. It is, I needed to hear that today. Yeah, I I get a lot of that. I needed to hear that today. Like I would put something out. I'd be like, I don't know if anybody's going to care about this. This is just me being as like ridiculously earnest as possible and trying to speak in the voice of usefulness to this audience. And people come back and they say, I needed to hear that today. That is so validating and should give you so much confidence to keep doing it and to be innovative about it and to really pour yourself into it if you have uh, some kind of side hustle and you're selling some product or service, you are also the chief salesperson. And so you have to be going out there and like selling this thing and connecting with it. People connect far more with individuals than they do with brands. So even if you have a brand, you should be out there to be connected to. You don't have to be like influencer-y about it, but I think that you have to be accessible to your community and to your customers. You don't need to be reaching thousands of people on Instagram. You just need to be reaching out to people who are going to take value in the thing that you have and being really, really straightforward with them and saying, hey, I understand XYZ these are hard times. I get it. And that is why I created this thing, because I know that now more than ever, people need this. And I guarantee that there are people out there who are going to say, I really needed to hear this today. And that's the best thing you can hear.
0: Well, it reminds me of a story of this little boy named Jack who came on the first season of the show I mentioned, Hatched. And he had this toffee company and he gave all the judges little box of toffee. And it was in this very professional box that was green and black. And you couldn't see the toffee, but it was very organized. And then he came in and he was telling us like why he started this toffee company because his little brother had this syndrome where he couldn't have any dyes or artificial flavors. And so he created this toffee in his kitchen with his mom. And we're like, Whoa, 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 where is that story? Where is your face? Where is the story of your brother? That is what is gonna sell this toffee. That is the story behind it. So, no, you don't have to be an influencer, but everybody connects with stories. Like I remember this years later because it was the story that got me, not the product.
1: That's totally, totally true. You should be totally you should be open about that. You should give people the opportunity to connect with you and understand where this thing came from. People love stories, they don't like Things that just feel like they were produced to make money. They like things that were produced out of a passion and belief. And that can be anything, right? I mean, if that can be toffee, then that can be psychoeducation and that can be whatever. Bruises. Yeah. This is what people want. They want to connect. That means that they are looking for the connection. That means that you go and you connect with them. They are actively looking for that. You have to talk in the right language to them. But you should go and do it. So, I I mean, I just can't stress to Tom and anybody in this situation enough that, yes, these are different times, but that only means that we have to figure out a different way to talk about the thing that we provide. It doesn't mean that we stop providing it. It doesn't mean that we stop having value. We just need to understand the right way to connect.
0: And where does this prove to be problematic, Jason, when you're using your Instagram just for business and having this other caricature of a voice? When you're on dating apps, Mm. you have to use your Instagram to verify it. And so everybody uses an Instagram right now. It's created so much more relevance. So, you know, that's where it becomes a little tricky.
1: You know, if you were to walk up to somebody who's sitting on a rock, (laughs) you want to provide some value to them, right? Coming up saying, I I see you're alone on this rock. I got something for you. It could just be some companionship from six feet away. Um, Nicole. Jason. If somebody were to walk up to you while you sat on a rock and say, "Uh, I have a financial question. You would say.
0: I would say, stop right there. Open up your phone. Well, I would try to say it really loud because I'd be wearing a mask. And I'd say, open
1: up your yeah. phone. And they're six feet away. <laughs> oh,
0: open up the phone. Get the voice memo <laughs> app. Send us a voice memo. What? It's Hush Money Podcast at
1: iheartmedia.com. That's right. And then we might answer it. But you know what we will not do? Pay for wine. Yeah, I'm not going to pay for your wine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that is Hush Money.
1: Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show.
0: It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram.
1: We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett, Thanks also to Mangesh Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke.
0: And a special thanks to my badass MBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate
1: Garrison. Hush Money is a production of iHeart Radio. For more podcasts from iHeart Radio, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.